I think when people want something really different, I offer them an opportunity to rediscovering your own thing that maybe you've lost. I believe in you. Proudly supported by RAH McDonald's. Hello and welcome to I Believe in You, the podcast about achieving your goals and the journey which take us there. I'm Lizelle Hartley, a business and personal mentor, and with me is Annie Hill, entrepreneur and business owner. Since the 1960s, there was the idea that people have one half of their brain, which is more dominant, and this determines how we behave along with our personality and thought patterns. In this idea, the right side is often associated with creativity and communication and the left focuses on analysts and numerical thinking. It turns out this idea is not backed up by the science and there is no dominant side at all. Just different parts of our grey lump activating for different tasks. So where am I going with this? Annette Fennec is the founder of Charcoal and Champagne, a pop-up life drawing business that's helping to challenge the ideas you can't be creative if you're a more statistical based person. And how Annette arrived at this business is an interesting story, even in its own right. Annette, welcome here today. Tell us a little bit, who are you? Well, I'm Annette of Nick. I am actually the owner uh, and creativity coach of Charcoal and Champagne. I come from a background of uh, working in advertising as a designer and creative director. And I'm also an artist who travels around the world and draws portraits of random strangers. <laughs> that is a whole lot. Yes. <laughs> Tell us, what does your daily life look like? What does a week look like for you? Oh, that, I guess it always changes. Uh, so that's and it's changed over the years. So at the moment, really, I focus on building the um, the charcoal and champagne business. Um, it's really been interest. It's an interesting journey, I suppose. At the moment, we've come out of COVID as well, so kind of reawakening um, that business so that people are aware of it, um, expanding um, to the different markets that I, I target because I do the fun social ones uh, as well as private events as well as the team building so kind of building awareness of people you know just to sort of be able to engage with me uh promoting learning to do that better all the time the world's of changing all the time in how you do that as you're well aware um so yeah it's just every day is kind of really consists of putting bits and pieces together trying to find time for me as well get out and enjoy a little bit of the sunshine um yeah do a bit of networking and so forth yeah so before we go any further, can you tell the listeners what is charcoal and champagne? Oh, well, charcoal and champagne is, uh, I guess, a concept which basically is intended to reconnect people back to creativity, uh, something that a lot of people have actually lost touch with. So there's a lot of people that, um, for whatever reason through life, um, have I guess, lost that confidence. Um, I've faced them along my journey in different ways and working in design and so forth. You, you had a lot of people constantly say to me, oh my God, you're one of these creatives, it's not me. Um, yeah, when I do my portraits, people sort of say to me, oh my God, you're one of these arty people. And I'm like, well, yeah, but actually you're creative too. And it's shocked me how many people 
are very disconnected with that part of themselves. So I've created a business where I take people through a creative journey, uh, loads of fun. Yes, sometimes there are nude models. Other times we have contortionists and and so forth for the corporates. But really it's a creative journey um, designed to push a lot of buttons, reawaken lots of parts of you, um, get you laughing, connecting to each other and maybe some of the other people in in the room. Um, And... Yeah, reawakening that creative confidence where, you know, it's it's important not just on a fun level, but actually it's about the skills of problem solving. It's about the way that you approach challenges in life. So there's loads of different, I guess, boxes that you tick that you don't even realise like a well-being solution for you. So obviously there's champagne on the night. Often, yes. It doesn't have to be. Uh, And look, uh, it's a funny one because... I think it's really the disarming aspect of of the name. Um, I I believe it or not, my, one of my biggest challenges is for people um, not to overthink and overwhelm themselves at giving this a go. Because especially if you do have that insecurity where you don't think you're creative, it's probably the last thing you're going to come to. So hopefully, if you think it's just a fun thing, I can get you in the room. And um, whether you drink or not is really half relevant. Um, some people enjoy a glass of bubbles. Um, other times, you know, if, if you don't drink, there's alternatives, of course, but it's not really the key to it. The key is for you just to feel welcome and safe in this space and social. So talk us through it. De- demystify. If I'm shaking in my boots, what is going to happen as I walk in that door? How many people? What's the program? Well, they do vary um, and it depends what kind of workshop you come to because I do private events so you can be surrounded by people that you know. You can have a birthday, for example. But really, the funny thing is I've come to realise I'm also an entertainer, which I didn't really expect to, expect to be, but I do kind of get that feedback when people do the reviews. It was like really entertaining. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> but for me, that first part of it is just as important as the process where you come in and you feel really welcome. I want people to mingle. I want you to realise that the other people people in the room are just as nervous as you are and it's kind of the part of the process where you're in it together rather than kind of being one of these classes where you walk in sit down you know kind of do your thing and run I want you to actually realize that there's other people on the same page and then I take you through a whole bunch of challenges which I'm not going to tell you what they are because it's part of that mystery and that vulnerability that I invite you on there is a model like I said sometimes they're nude not always sometimes they're male sometimes they're female they come in different shapes and ages and you kind of go through this process of letting go and it's it's like the atmosphere you can see changing so from the nerves and and even the loud energy to literally you can hear a pin drop where people just get into it and go oh this feels amazing and um and they just yeah let go of all that sort of stuff in the head and connect to that feeling of just being creative and expressing themselves and being unique and them you know that sort of finding their own creative voice it's not competitive it's safe and one of the first things I tell you is that there's no right or wrong in my workshops which is really important as well because I don't judge you there's no there's no critique it's actually a journey on giving you permission to have fun so there's definitely charcoal involved yes <laughs> there is definitely charcoal involved uh, if you've never worked with it it's a really different medium to to pencils and paints. the whole thing draws. It's actually 100% organic. Um, you get your fingers dirty, kind of connect to that inner kid. Um, and yeah, just something really special about it, actually. And we're part carbon as well. So there's just something really primal about it. It's it's that um, 
if you go to the Kimberley and you look at the oldest art in the world, it's actually charcoal, believe it or not. So, yeah, something really primal about it. I love charcoal. I love the dirtiness. I like how you can manipulate it over the paper and the different feel you get. But you mentioned that you use it for team building as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. Team building um, had some really incredible team building feedback because it is, again, very, very different from your typical, you know, whether it's um, whatever the games are that people usually play. Uh, And that's not to say that any of those are bad. It's great. But I think when people want something really different, I offer them an opportunity to really, I guess it works in, in, in a multiple kind of ways where it's about the individual. So it's really very much your individual journey uh, about rediscovering your own thing that maybe you've lost. But there's heaps of sharing as well. So you get to know so much about the people next to you, whether they're, you know, coming from a really geeky, dare I say, background. Sometimes you get engineers and and architects who obviously are very creative people, for example, but they actually lose so much of that freedom um, in their work. And so people really enjoy just letting go and finding um, another way to connect to themselves. And by sharing, uh, people also learn from each other. So there's this mutual learning where people try different things and that you would never think of. So it's, it's a real journey that does connect people. And gosh, you know, Many times people have said, oh, I thought it was just going to be an art class. I thought it was just going to be drawing. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't keen on it. But gosh, the minute I got into it, I just couldn't stop. And I wish it went longer because just of that, that process where, yeah, it's a real shift. There's, there's an obvious shift in people and that energy in the space. And like the whole time you're laughing, it's, you're, you're allowed to laugh. So it's not serious, but it's like serious learning, but fun. So if I'm a business owner, and I want to bring you in to come and work with my team. Mm. How many hours or time do we allow for this? Is this something we can do over lunchtime or after work on a Friday? What's the time that we have to put aside for this? Look, it varies. I do like to have a chat with the person, um, you know, organising it because I do want to understand what the objective is. So we, we can be a really fun thing that's just like a Friday or a Christmas party even. Um, still have all the deep learning in there, but, you know, the, the I suppose the way you set it up is a little bit different. Um, because I understand business from a branding and design perspective and the language around that because I've worked with businesses for all my life. So I can, if I can get a little bit more insight of what some of their challenges challenges are, for example, I can really build that into the session. And sometimes they're an hour, but primarily they're a two-hour journey. And I like to always add a little social at the beginning and a little social at the end because people get, they need that time to kind of come out of their heads and get into the social space. And at the end, you find people really want to talk about it. So it gives them a really great opportunity. And um, then I can also do retreats and, and do something a little bit longer. So you can actually involve you know, a whole day, to, you know, of, of um, activities with other businesses and, you know, you can incorporate yoga and so forth. So it just depends what the objective is. We can plan that out, I suppose, to make, meet your needs. So you can literally custom make it for if we need to kill a lunch hour here or if we need to have an evening event. 
absolutely absolutely and it, like I said before it doesn't have to like you know if you're if you're a medical business you might want to nude because it's actually very much about kind of uh, if, if you can think of medical people they, they work with the body but they see it in a really different light whereas suddenly you can have a real body and a real human and there's this real empathy that's very needed for businesses like that to connect on that other level so and if you can't have a nude we can have a contortionist so it can really make it entertaining and different but very safe <laughs> with, with obviously what businesses can't can and can't do. Do you find you have a different reaction based on gender or age? You mean the model? No, the participants. Ah, um, yes and no. It's it's a it's a very funny thing actually because for example I do hens events as well and um, sometimes people are like oh no we won't get grandma in here she won't deal with it oh you know there's all these kind of um, prejudices I suppose that are built into what we think people can do but what I've realised is this is this cuts through. I don't care what your background is. I don't know who, because it's such a safe space. It's so eclectic. People just connect. Everyone has that creative side. It, you were born with it. You know, every child, if you've ever seen a kid, you, you've seen that fearless, beautiful, creative energy. And really, this is about that. And none of us are born without it. You give people an opportunity to just go where they want to. And sure, like, I think some people come with more fear, of course. And to be honest, Age-wise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even say there's a limit in that, but but everybody kind of does break through it, you know, and and that's quite magical actually. It is quite special, and I think because there is this concept of there's no right or wrong. It's an invitation to play, and I think everyone can do that. Everyone can do that. And I'll actually add as well. I do do family-friendly versions, and something that I have observed is how terribly this is the bit that I find scary self-critical children are super early and that's freaked me out a little bit when I've done the children's workshop because I think how can you be so fearful of making a mark on a page when you're I don't know 10 years old you know and I've really observed especially in a family setting where the whole family's drawing together children benefit so much from seeing their family have a go and sometimes you succeed other times you fail and kids need to see that with their families and even granddad having a go and you know, they're like dad granddad would never do this but oh my god he's rocking it you know and you're laughing at yourselves so we live in a world that that I think has really um I don't know we feel so judged all the time and it's rare to give yourself a space where you can just be and have fun and be silly and not care. <laughs> Break down those barriers. That's yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, very special. So, Anita, when you have this idea of this business concept, you had no guarantee that it's going to work. I just looked down on my paper and I saw this list of awards that you win. Can you tell any of our business owners or new business owners out there, how did it feel in the startup of the business, how did you did you ever doubt it? Were you knowing from day one you're gonna set up this business? It's gonna be a fantastic business. Or what was that journey? Yeah, that's a really fun question actually, because never in a million years did I think I'd end up here. Can I just say, I started off going down the journey of being a graphic designer and you know climbing that ladder and being a creative director and you know that sort of journey of that and. On the side, I was just having fun with my portraits and that was something that was really teaching me something else about people and incredible lessons, like incredible lessons about vulnerability and the need for people to be seen and 
oh, there's just so many beautiful things that I've encountered in that space. And really, when I quit my job to start my own design studio, I kind of thought, I'm just going to experiment and see what happens if I can just get a few people, you know, to try this and see if I can make some kind of impact because this was really something that I thought was a need rather than a business idea. So so it was literally, it was an experiment and it literally started in my apartment, believe it or not. People would come to my apartment and they'd be vulnerable enough to rock up at some random address and come in and I had the most beautiful feedback where yeah, they they loved what was happening. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I wonder if this can be bigger. And um, and yeah, just based on that feedback and that little journey, I, I guess I decided to basically put my design business to the side and see if I can grow this because I get so much out of watching people blossom, I suppose is probably the best way to say it. And look, as a business idea, I literally did go down the path of, kind of tackling two things that are probably the most scary for people, which is, you know, drawing and nudity. So I kind of am surprised that this has succeeded at all because really they would tell you in business school that you're meant to follow things that are safe rather than really challenging. So, um, yeah, so it's been a real surprise and the awards I have, you know, been totally blown away to have won the awards that I have and um, yeah most recently have won Australia's best hens events um, which was insane Um, yeah so I kind of I live in huge gratitude that I've had this opportunity to try this and trust myself I guess part of you know even the portraits um, they're called portraits of serendipity and I literally the whole concept behind that is to follow your intuition so I guess sometimes I try to remember to do that in the other parts of my own life Um, and yeah here I am so I can only hope that you know it grows and blossoms better. (laughs) And what was your biggest challenges as a business owner on this journey? Oh, there's probably been many things that have come up. I mean, I'm not alone in saying COVID has been an insanely difficult time because at that point where we were at the beginning of it, I guess none of us knew if this was going to go for 10 years a week or, you know, what was going to happen with the world and being events, obviously, um, a huge, huge impact. So I had to make a big decision on whether I went online or whether I took the opportunity to kind of fix up the business a little bit. So I chose to fix it up a little bit with the hope that things would, you know, settle down, which I think they are now. So that's awesome. Um, The other thing was really there's um, working from home. I think that's been a huge challenge for me as well. I'm a very social person. I love people. So, you know, sort of working from home has been a bit of a challenge, but it has also meant that I can have survived COVID, I suppose, because um, I did have a studio for a while and I'm glad I gave that up when I did because, yeah, simply from a financial perspective, it meant I could survive that. Obviously, technology as well is changing. So learning to market yourself from a really different perspective. I mean, I've had obviously great advantage coming from design and branding, but there's just so much more in a business when you're running it for yourself. It's never ending. (laughs) You're constantly learning. So just trying to keep up that momentum and be fresh is is always a challenge I think for everyone. I work with a lot of business owners and this is the same 
challenge for all of them. Working from home, getting lonely, not be inspired, and then obviously the tax side. But is there any advice from your side or how do you approach overcome the working from home? Because that can be a lonely journey and that can be sometimes they say, I just want to bounce it off on someone or I don't get motivation in my day. I struggle to get do you deal still with the same? Is working from home still a challenge for you? I, I don't see it ever stopping. I think um, it's a balancing act and, and you try to surround yourself with amazing people and make time for that. So the networking aspect, um, I feel very lucky to have some amazing people that I know through networking. Um, making time for friends. Uh, I think COVID's been really weird. It's kind of made everyone into hermits. So kind of changing your own habits into feeling more so, sort of social is, it's, I know that sounds weird, but um, that's been interesting. So yeah, kind of making time for that and making time just to get out and actually have a mental break. So, you know, love going down the beach for a walk and um, actually just feeding my own curiosities. So, you know, collecting things and, and just kind of having that sort of innocent fun for myself as well, um, nurturing what I love um, rather than just being constantly focused on business and working. Yeah. So do you have quite a good balanced life? Mm, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the honest truth. Um, yeah, look, I, I think mostly I, it's getting better. I think look, look COVID has been, I'll add my dad's been quite sick too. So that's added um, another aspect of cautiousness so I mean obviously around me people dealt with it really different some people didn't even notice it was there so yeah it's been I've had a few other considerations I've had to make into how I live but I think now yeah definitely it's been lovely to kind of be kind of back to my old self if you wish. <laughs> All this long list of awards that you win was, did you expect it? Is this, was it out of the blue? How did you get into that? Um, it's a funny funny one because I think, especially when I was working um, in design, I won a few awards with that. But really, um, you don't focus on awards. Like it's just, you just do your job and, and kind of move on. Um, I don't even remember why I entered my first one, but I thought, you know, you've got to be in it to win it, really. And I put something together and um, with the Belmont um, business group. Um, so I put it in and to be honest, had no expectations, zero expectations. I, um, I mean, you're surrounded, look, let's face it, there are so many incredible businesses around and Perth produces some incredible people. Um, so to be in a room at any point surrounded by so much talent and success and innovation, of course you don't expect it. I, I, don't, I don't know if anyone can expect it. You just, um, you're always so humbled to walk into those rooms on a, on a good day when you're not in it. So to, yeah, to have one at any point has been a real surprise. And, and it's been, it's almost like a little bit of fuel that feeds you, that that even though if you have a little bit of doubt, it's been a lovely kind of tap on the shoulder to say something you're doing is working and some things people are noticing, which is always what, you know, you can hope for. It sort of feels like the business is a little bit more validated, I suppose is another way to put it. But congratulations. And I always say when you enter these competitions, it's like a minute's business plan because you had to stop and you had to think about the business and they ask you the questions that you're supposed to know but it had changed over the years so for me any business owner out there 
I highly recommend go enter a competition, not necessarily to win it, like you win it, but that's fantastic for the credibility, but to go and revisit your own business. I would totally agree with you, actually, because it does. It throws these questions at you where you're, you might be so focused on other things. And I mean, that's natural. We, we, we all do it. So just to kind of get that opportunity to step back and kind of go, well, what's happened in that last year um, and why are they asking this? And, uh, you know, and then you kind of, I guess it, it, on the negative, you sort of start pairing yourself up, up against your competition so you can get, get a little bit anxious about it. But, but it is totally worthwhile. And like you said, it is a mini business plan because it gives you a little bit of, um, well, I suppose you also celebrate even just by writing it down. Even if you don't win, you're celebrating, you're looking for the wins, which sometimes are really easy to overlook, let's face it. Like we just skim over next, next, next. And I've noticed that myself in the past kind of going, you know what, I just, that happened. That was awesome. But I was on to the next thing and I should have just lingered there just for a moment longer because that was a big moment. So yeah, you're right. What do you think it is that the judges saw in your business and really liked about it? I think people really love that it's really different. It, it really is the kind of feedback that I get and it is about people. So I... I think that's one part of it. They, there's different awards that I won and I suppose sometimes they do love how I present it as well that it is professional looking. So I do have invested that time into making it look a certain way. Um, that was partly before COVID but I really cleaned it up during COVID so I invested that time and I suppose money. Um, but I think – but overall I think it is really different. I think it's something that's come from my own experiences. I've not copied anyone's ideas. I, I've come up – with something that has been created from my experience in what I believe people need and to make an impact. And I don't want it to sound cheesy, but I kind of, I think that's what gives me the joy is because you can actually, believe it or not, in two hours, move people. And and I get that in some of the feedback that I get from my clients, you know, that beautiful email saying, I mean, like, I have even had one where it was a hands event. Somebody wrote to me saying, I just wanted to tell you that you need to keep going because you're, you're changing people's lives. And I thought, wow, if I can do that during a hands event, I mean, that's pretty priceless. So, um, so yeah, I think that's probably where people do connect with it as a really human uh, empowerment, I suppose. We've been talking a lot of coffee today and (laughs) other small business owners, and we know that that morning coffee can change your day. With my brand, McDonald's, what experience have you had that's changed your day at Macca's? Oh, (laughs) well, I mean, um, at Macca's, you mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I think with Maccas, I love that they're like around every corner, basically. So whenever you do need a, and I have to say after sometimes I've done the um, workshops late at night coming back, they have been a little saviour. <laughs> so they're there for my little dinner snack um, because, yeah, sometimes I finish quite late at night. So, yes, they have been amazing. <laughs> We also have mentors in our life that's also that saver, like McDonald's is that late night saver. But in our journey, everybody needs a mentor. Everybody needs that person next to you. It's not always a paying mentor, but it's just that person that's on you, with you on your journey. Do you have any mentors in your life and do you value that? Oh, gosh, yes. And um, I mean, I don't think there's anyone who can't attribute a little bit of um, that to someone. Um, For me, there's a series of different people. I think 
My mum actually has been an incredible mentor and inspiration, really. She's she's just this fearless, wild woman, I suppose, that um, sees zero challenges. Like when she needs stuff done, she just gets it done. And she had her kids really early. So we're kind of friends. She's not, um, you know, she's 19 years older than me. So she's always been a friend, but also um, watching her to kind of, yeah, I guess start her career quite late and absolutely kill it um, in quite a competitive industry in, in real estate. And yeah, there's just no boundaries, you know. So you kind of watching her has been very inspirational and she's always encouraged me, you know. She's, yeah, I guess even the design side of things is, is not your typical, you know, lawyer, doctor field that probably everybody hopes to aspire to. But yeah, she's been very supportive and my partner has been also very supportive in when I started this business. So obviously he has to put up with my wacky ideas and, you know, having events in my house at some point. So yeah, he was really awesome in that way. Um, there's also a lot of business people, but um, as well as business women that I have um, had the opportunity to work with as well as just be in the network with. So, you know, everybody from Selin Hawkins has been an amazing inspiration um, that I've um, got to know really well. Cheryl Fisher, she's, she's actually, she does Outback Initiatives and I got the chance to work with her with my with branding. Yeah, she's also someone who had to conquer a lot of challenges. So watching these people, even if it's not necessarily one-on-one mentoring, but that sort of inspiration is quite important, I think. Just seeing another person kill it, I suppose, <laughs> in the real world, right, and, and go overcome their fears and um, whatever challenge they, they are facing. Having this mentors around you, you're actually in a position as well where you are a mentor for others. So is there any specific um, situation that you can point out or do you um, see how you are mentoring others around you? I'm a creativity coach, I suppose. So in my in my workshops, I do see myself very much in that very empowering role and um it's been so lovely to get really beautiful feedback in the process I take people through. So I I do see that very much in that space. I, um, I don't know that I think about it in other ways so much. I haven't really had too much of an opportunity to um, mentor one-on-one in this space so much. I do want to share that message of kind of journey as well. And I think I'm sure you've talked to many people in the past where you evolve as a person too. So like I said to you before, not in my wildest dreams did I think I'd be doing this right now. Um, It's so far from where I started. Life is a little bit fluid in that way. And I think sometimes you have to watch, you know, your intuition and, and the situation and kind of obviously not leap into everything crazily, but sometimes things just come along that you have to try. And um, it's okay if they go wrong sometimes too, right? I mean, there was no guarantee this was going to be um, a success. But, yeah, you kind of have to keep reading the room (laughs) and feeling your way through and, yeah, just seeing what happens. So who knows what's around the corner as well. So part of your business is also a little bit different than your normal business that you get. The first time I met you was in a workshop with a nude model. It was taken me totally as a surprise because I was just the host of the venue, didn't really know what was coming. And I remember how you invite me to come in. 
There's also a space that you create for nude models, which can be sometimes a touchy subject. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us how um, you bring the message across and what is very important for you when you do have a nude model as part of your session. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. It's a very interesting subject that, like you said, can be very touchy and I love that. And it's not something I planned necessarily, I guess, think of in this way because probably at the very beginning I thought it was, just, it was part of a fun aspect to the workshops. But what I've realised is how powerful having this nude person who is super comfortable with themselves um, pose for a room full of people who probably have never actually seen another nude random stranger just stand there for them and invite them to look at them. So firstly, culturally, there's lots of things going on there. Um, I mean, it's very rare to be allowed to look at someone, right? Like, I mean, think about it. When have you been allowed to look at a, a nude person? And even yourself, you don't spend time looking at yourself necessarily. Most people, I was like, you know, it's each to their own but there's a lot of people who probably have never really sat down and or if they look at it they yourself they they focus on the negatives so much that it overwhelms and overpowers anything else that might be beautiful about you we sometimes feel uncomfortable when we get in a lift with other people and everybody get close on yes exactly so and and look there's been heaps of studies done about this about how because it is quite confronting and shocking at first. And like, in fact, before we, we start um, the workshop, I often will ask people to just before we start to reflect on how they're feeling. How are you feeling before we start? How is this going to be? How's the drawing going to be? How, how are you going to feel about seeing a nude person? What is it? Is it really sexual? Is it, is it dirty? Is it going to be awkward? Is it going to, what is it? And also I come from advertising, so don't forget, I've had first-hand experience working with what we do as an industry with the body it's always about sex you're selling sex you're photoshopping the hell out of everybody now we've got all the filters so more and more we're just losing um perspective i suppose about what a real person looks like and with that comes a whole lot of judgment and insecurities and issues that have always been there but I think they've never been this full-on and I mean my heart breaks for the kids these days <laughs> because I don't think they've ever really in- encountered like normal what what that is and you know they, their bodies are also changing so they're going through heaps of really difficult um, things personally but yeah like I was I was going to say it's like they, there's been so many studies done about what can happen in a life drawing class that that empathy building it's transformative and at the end I also asked my budding artists I like to call them um, how they are after the workshop and without a doubt they say to me within seconds minutes you know of that person coming out it's nowhere near what they expected and it's so respectful and it's so beautiful and even just the fact they're not perfect they're so perfect in that way so it's a real shame we've lost touch with it but it's such also for me such a great opportunity to kind of give people that experience where yeah you you literally change people's perception of what is okay and normal and you know hopefully they go from there and kind of go, wow, actually, that was really different and not what I expect, you know. So there's a little bit of empowering in there. Oh, 
it's endless in parent. And, mm. and I think that's, for me, at the heart of why I love doing this so much because I know that everyone in the room is different and I look, I, I don't know who's in the room. You just don't know. You don't know what they come with. You don't know what their story is of trauma or, you know, sexual abuse. There's, like, so many other things. So you have to create a really safe space for people where, um, yeah, they feel like there's no pressure on them and the whole process they go through is literally at their own pace and they just share and, and connect and let go and explore. And, yeah, I guess that safety is, is essential, really. Art therapy is becoming more and more talked about and experimented with. Uh, it's certainly the role that you're dabbling in. Where do you see this going in the future for you? Um, look, it's it's a the the word therapy is one that I don't use, not because I don't like therapy, but in my space I don't think there's anything wrong with you, no matter how you know how scared you might be or how traumatized you might might be about the model or drawing itself. I kind of feel like you just need to reconnect to that part of yourself. So for me, therapy is a scary word, which belongs with proper therapists, I suppose. I want people to feel like you just go through a journey where you reconnect to it. Um, I 100% do use art therapy principles, absolutely. Um, I actually use neuroscience in my workshops as well, so there's a lot going on, even from the choice of music that I play for you. Um, it's all designed to actually have a very particular impact on your whole journey and, and um, from, yeah, every sense. It's, it's multi-sensory, I suppose, as well. But I st always want it to feel like there's a fun element to it where you're allowed to play. And um, and I already have so many challenges with people coming because they're scared <laughs> of kind of doing something that they're not comfortable with. So, um, yeah, the therapy part of it is a very – it's a tricky space. It's a, but although I do work with therapists, you know, so it's it's – but I let them kind of deal with the heavy stuff. I just set it up and I give people an experience where it's, uh, I guess um, – Experiential learning is probably another way to put it. Where do you see yourself in 10 years, five years from today? It's an interesting one. It, it's, I, I would love to think that I'm sharing the message of what the impact of what I'm doing is um, a little bit more. Yeah, I guess on a bigger scale, doing what I do on a bigger scale, um, sharing sharing what what I'm trying to achieve and, and making a big impact on people maybe writing a book you know all those things people talk about <laughs> but yeah definitely want to grow the business and kind of have have an opportunity to work with more people I suppose is is the key can you see your concept be in more places than Perth? Yes, and I, I get do get people all the time who come to my workshops going, we don't have anything like this in Queensland, you've got to come. And yeah, so it's got potential. It's just, uh, it's obviously not an easy decision to do that. And yeah, the franchise aspect, aspect is always um, something that is on the back of my mind. But yeah, maybe with the right timing and um, we'll see, we'll see. Annie, you guys got a franchise. Oh, yeah, there you go. We just Better. work with McDonald's. <laughs> For our smaller businesses, there's a smaller step. They're like licensee before the franchisee, which means it's less complicated, but it's much easier achiever, achievement and less expensive to do. So maybe it's not necessarily franchising, but licensee it and just build your model. I think definitely there's 
we're in a time where people are looking for experiences. We're in a time when people value that very highly. So I will not be surprised if this is licensed starting off all over Australia. Oh, look, definitely. It's something I do want to explore. It's just I don't want to jump into it without doing it properly, I have to admit, because... Um, yeah, it takes it's another whole heap of energy. Then, and I'm sure McDonald's can give me a few tips as well. <laughs> <laughs> They've done it rather well, so yes. And your book, what will what will the book be about? Oh well, actually, the book the book has been simmering for a little while. Um, it's actually more about the portraits, believe it or not, um, and all the lessons that I've got out of the portraits because uh, I do these. I haven't done them obviously with COVID. I'm just starting to travel again. But um, I have drawn these portraits all over the world and have had the most incredible experience, like literally um, National Geographic moments with, you know, random people all over the world and just learnt a lot and learnt a lot. And a lot of the lessons are the things that I have woven into my workshops. Um, everything from shared vulnerability to perfection and, you know, the control freak or the fear of rejection. There's just so many layers if you can think about what I do with, you know, going up to random strangers and drawing a picture. Um, there's so much potential for things to go wrong and sort of how I've kind of tackled that and the magic that actually has come as a result of letting myself break through some of these things that are blocking me. So I could easily talk myself out of um, drawing people's portraits because obviously they could tell me to bugger off and they could go wrong and, um, you know, people could just not like what I do. So, so are you drawing portraits or mm -hmm. are you asking random people to be nude for you? No, not, not, not brazen, <laughs> not that brazen. Not, well, I mean, if you want to, you know, come model for you. <laughs> no, but the portraits is um, literally facial portrait. So it's like saying hello to you, asking you to sit for me, and I draw my portraits in ink. So they're always live, never touched up, never photoshopped. It's whatever happens in this moment. And there's like sometimes they don't speak the same language as me, so there's communication without words. Um People invite me to incredible places, want to show me things. There's just so many beautiful things that have happened. Um, and they cut through, you know, suddenly it doesn't matter where I'm from and how much money I've got and where they're from and who they are. It's, it's just so human and it's so such a beautiful exchange of just a moment and nothing else matters. Um, so I've, I've learned a lot from that and I think it's never been more relevant um, in this time that we come from where we're just not seeing each other or we're not connecting, we're scared to be vulnerable. Um, it's on, it goes on and on and on, you know. So there's a lot of lessons that I think I can tell in this book, I think in a quirky kind of way that, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I definitely think there's big potential and would love to see that book. So please go ahead and get that book out there for us. Yes, Sarah. <laughs> Just for interest sake, how long does it take you to do a, a portrait? Uh, it takes probably about 10 to 15 minutes, but as a process, it will vary. So obviously add the timing of talking and, and it's actually, it's not, not sort of cut and dry. It's this idea of somebody sitting down for you and connecting because it is actually about connecting and you chat to them and sometimes they're more nervous than others 
Sometimes they're in silence. They vary. They say, and, and obviously whatever happens afterwards, you know, I've been invited to people's homes and so forth. So, yeah, it, it does vary a lot. Because we're living in a busy world where nobody had time. So to tell somebody, sit down for me for 10, 15 minutes, even by just giving you that time. So you can draw them. Oh, yes. That's already great value in there. It is. And I've had, that's part of the reason I've had to develop a very quick style for myself. So I've actually, through the journey of doing these, I have realised that it's about that timing as well. So I, I'm very conscious of what I'm doing and asking. Um, and obviously people don't know what's, what they're buying into. So, yeah, there's a little dance that we do together. <laughs> If you can leave us today with your favourite phrase, what will that be? All children are artists. The problem is how to remain an artist once one grows up. If you'd like to know more about Annette and charcoal and champagne, you can find the details in this episode's description. Thank you so much for listening and until next time, I believe believe in you. you. Thank you for listening to the I Believe in You podcast. If you're interested in being coached by Lizelle, we have a number of solutions available for you, no matter where you are in the world. You can find all the details for these and how to get in touch in this episode's description. This podcast is proudly sponsored by RAH McDonald's. It's more than Maccas, it's developing personal excellence for life. I Believe in You is produced by Bad Bard Productions.